You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from the US from Barry Wood, RTHK's international economics correspondent. Good evening, Barry. And good morning to you, Nitin. How are you doing? Doing just fine, thank you. Good, good. Um, so we have a little bit of uh, issues with the Speaker of the House. So Republicans <laughs> have picked Steve Scalise, and yet um, he's still scrambling for votes to get through. So what's going on over there? You know, the Republicans are in a dither because ever since they dumped Kevin McCarthy, which barely a week ago, uh, they have been unable to even hold a session because according to the House of Representative rules, you have to have a speaker. So until the Republicans, where the very slim majority in the House, can agree, there won't even be a vote. Now, there could be a vote on Thursday because the Republicans met in closed doors today, and um, as you just mentioned, Steve Scalise from Louisiana, who is the majority whip in the, in the House, he won this vote 113 to 99. The problem is that's well short of 217, which is what is required in the entire House when it votes. They probably won't vote until the Republicans have a majority. Listeners will recall, Nitin, that it was back in January that Kevin McCarthy required 15 floor votes before he was selected to be the Speaker of the House and then, of course, was dismissed. So these votes, by the way, are all each member having to step forward, Democrat or Republican, to say, I want this person. So they all have to be in the chamber. And no one wants to go through that 15 vote thing again. It does seem pretty messed up, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, how does this get resolved? Because now what happens if he can't get those votes? I mean, Jim Jordan lost by about 14 votes. Do they then try and rally behind him or do they find someone else? I mean, how does this all... Yeah, they proceed? would probably go back into a general conference behind closed doors and come up with another candidate. It could be Kevin McCarthy again. But the Republicans are very much aware that they're losing the public relations battle. They have a slim majority in the House. They are in the minority in the Senate. And we have an election just over a year away. So the Republicans, I think, are pretty determined to avoid the debacle that occurred both last week and back in January. We shall see. Look. There's one thing that, in fact, there's two things that Democrats and Republicans in the House agree on. One is support Israel. So Steve Scalise has said in the last few hours, the first order of business, once a speaker is chosen, will be a vote of solidarity supporting Israel against the Hamas attack. The second thing they agree on, of course, is hostility to China, but that's, that's coming later. So we shall see if the Republicans can get it together or if it's going to be, as many commentators say, another circus. Well, we are coming into the election year, and, I mean, you've highlighted two things that both parties agree on. Um, but will this hurt the Republicans in the election? I mean... Okay, Donald Trump might be the representative for Republicans again, and he's got his own little bandwagon. But um, do, will this not hurt the Republicans, or is it yes, too far it away? Yes, it will. 
No, I, I think that uh, if they are able to get something done Thursday or Friday of this week, then it probably won't hurt them too much, presuming that Mr. Scalise is the candidate who's chosen and can then govern effectively as speaker. So those are big uncertainties. But as to whether they're going to be hurt, let's not forget Donald Trump, who is by far the front runner, even though he may be in jail as a candidate in November of 2024, Donald Trump wanted the other candidate, Jim Jordan, who's the chairman of the Ohio, well, he, he was a wrestling coach at Ohio State University. He is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. That was Trump's choice. So Trump's choice is not one. So I don't know what that means. We'll have to sort it out. Well, Denise also put his uh, hat in the ring for like a short-term stint. Say that again? I said, didn't Donald Trump also put his hat in the ring for a short-term <laughs> stint as well, right? Look, that, that, that is... According to the rules, possible, but Mr. Trump has rejected it, and I think most of the Republicans in the House say, this is nonsense, that won't work. And I noticed in the last 24 hours his name hasn't been mentioned. That's true. Um, we've got a couple of minutes, so let's move on from uh, Steve Scalise and the Speaker and talk about the Fed. And uh, seemingly um, being less hawkish these days, what's driving that? I think what's driving it, Nitin, is the presumption that people are going to suffer from these higher interest rates. This is translated, as you said earlier in the broadcast, into about an 8% mortgage, 30-year mortgage. That's very high compared to the 3% you could get a year ago. So that pain is not yet being felt, but it soon will be. And I think there is a consensus forming in the Federal Reserve to say, hold it. We don't need to raise rates again. We don't need to do it in November. That's quite a different thing from saying that you're going to reduce rates. But I think maybe the interest raising cycle is over. And what's the real reason behind it? Rates, particularly that 10-year bond, has gone up. Of course, it came back the last day or two. And by the way, that's an important element. The Israel problem, the Hamas attack, has really been absorbed by the market so far in a very resilient manner. You've seen the 10-year yield come down. You've seen the oil price come down. This is counterintuitive. But isn't it localized, or, or, is there, or do you envisage there will be some sort of effect that will, that will happen with the Hamas-Israel situation? If it escalates, it's inevitably going to have a negative market impact. There's no doubt about that. And I think that we just don't know. It's interesting that the Americans are being very cautious and saying there's no evidence that Iran was behind this immediate attack and that um, I think that they're trying to avoid an escalation vis-a-vis -vis Israel and Iran. And we'll see what happens on the northern border with, with Lebanon. Okay. Um, we've got about 10, 20 seconds left. Um, is there anything that people, I mean, we had the PPI numbers, we got CPI numbers today. Is that going to have much of an effect on, on things? I think uh, what we're expecting, Nitin, is that the CPI will reflect a continuing steady or downward move in inflation. 3.5%, that would be a good number. Okay. Um, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. So I'd like to thank Barry Wood, our international economics correspondent, for coming on the show today.